As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. All right, we're back. 755 is real. We took a little break because we wanted all the dust to settle on the uh, trade deadline and all that. So we didn't do a podcast and become dated within two hours. So, but all the dust is settled down and we got the team that uh, we know they're going to have. I'm Ethereal Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? It's not like the old days, man. Remember when they got like Derek Lee in one of those August trades? Yeah. There used to be some big trades, waiver trades. There are no more of those. Yeah, so, the, the deadline used to be. I mean, it was. There's so many more teams in it now, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there was fewer teams involved then, and you knew even if you didn't get the guy trade deadline, it was it was a deadline, but you still had a good chance of getting some. Because if a team would really collapse in August, exactly. They might, yeah, they would decide. Okay, we'll move Derek Lee. You know, the Cubs, and and you could get a guy. So, not anymore. You don't have them now. You know, you can still get waiver claims, but that's it. And those the only guys that are going to be waived are pretty bad for the most part. Yeah, I mean, once you clear, <laughs> yeah. you clear the designated window. But yeah, yeah the, and the Braves are at the end of the claiming line too. So if somebody attractive comes on there, somebody else is claiming them before they get to the Braves. Even though I mean, a couple of the guys they picked up, like Pierce Johnson, especially. You know, you might have been able to. With his numbers, you might have been able to get like that a guy like that for free, but he's pitched pretty well already. I don't, man. That guy's got two good stuff. Yeah, I he's agree. too good. I don't know how he has six ERA because he is way better than that. He looked good today. His breaking ball's dirty. Yeah, I, it's just course field, man. And I think it's not just it's not just when you're there. It's it's when you yep. go on the road and come back. Like you're always adjusting. Yep. So even and, if you don't have a huge disparity between the two. It yeah. still affects you on the road, too, because of exactly. what was happening when you were at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's what people look and see, that there's not much of a disparity between his numbers, and they assumed, ah, oh, he just was bad. It's like, no, nah, that's not the case, man, because the course can really screw you up. Yeah. But, yeah, it's – dude, he's got a nasty breaking ball. Yeah. I mean, he, he lives off it, too. He throws it a lot, but – it's it's one thing you know. I see guys, and you see them pitch once or twice for other teams, and you forget about them. You don't really zone in. But when you're like looking at a guy and saying, "All right, I want to know what makes this guy good," then you see, even he'll throw a backup breaking ball inside to a righty and buckle yeah. him, and then he'll throw a good one. You're like, that's got just a little more kick to it than a normal good breaking ball. Like it looks like a special pitch. It looks like something you could live off. And he can throw mid nineties too. Yeah. That was a good pickup, and uh, so was, and I sure didn't think I'd be saying it, but uh, so was Chirinos, because Chirinos, he didn't look too good in that first start in Milwaukee. He had some bad luck, but he didn't look too good, and he he didn't get out of the fourth inning, but he looked good today, man. And talk about another guy with a breaking ball. He's throwing that split today, the split and a slider. That was, uh, that'll play, man. That gives him some more depth. I didn't even include him when I was doing my stories like yesterday about why they didn't get a starter because they raised the bar high to get one. They were going to have to get a really good one. And the ones that they were available that were really good, the price was too high. And they weren't just going to get a guy. 
because of what they've got. They weren't going to block, you know, the guys they've got. And then when you get Kyle Wright back, if they get him back in September. But, you know, the Smithshavers and the Sorokas and uh, Winans last week, they weren't just going to get a guy that when, that's not appreciably better than those guys. Well, yeah. Give, I mean, look how and good this team is. The way I look at it, too, is like you to really go deep in the playoffs, you need that. You need a one-two punch like the Braves have with if if Freed comes back and he's anything yeah. close to what he's been, and then you got Strider. That one-two punch is pitching the majority of the games. If you have that, you can do pretty well. And then look at what they got behind him. Yeah, you know, Charlie. The, Elder's done a great job. You can mix him in. Elder only um, had two then, bad starts. The line yeah. he got back on track the yeah. last two. Exactly, yeah. and and he's a different look. And then if you get Kyle Wright back too. It's like you'd be kicking yourself for giving up big prospects right. for like Dylan Cease or something like that, who's attractive. I mean, great yeah. breaking ball, but it, it's it's such a hard game to play. You know, every trade deadline of like, who do I give up? And it, you know, and you're when you're on the flip side of it, you see a team give up a great player for a bunch of prospects. I saw this thing Detroit for like Verlander, all these guys they traded. Yeah. You know, and it was it was over whatever year span, but I couldn't I couldn't tell you what a single one of those guys had done, and they'd given up three elite players and gotten nothing back. Yeah, and the Braves looked into a lot of starters, a lot of good starters, and basically what teams wanted were guys like what well, a lot. I think everybody wanted Smith Shaver, yeah. and you don't give up Smith Shaver because that's a pretty special arm. I mean, maybe he ends up not being great, but he's got the the goods to be great. I mean, the stuff's there. The arm is there. Uh, and his yeah. velo was up a, another tick or two this last start like it was in the minors, you know, up 98. So And he's been uh, pitching for like two years. Yeah, you know? It's like three a guy years. like that, you got to give way more time to, to get your answer on than a college dude that's had right. three or four years in your system and just has low service time. And been playing travel ball since he was 14. Yeah. Yeah, this guy started pitching at literally three, a little over three years ago. So. Yeah. You know, and teams wanted him. And it's like when, when Alex has held on to guys in the past, like, you know, people wanted Acuna, they wanted Riley, they wanted, uh, you know, uh, or that was uh, copied before him. They wanted, uh, you know, just fill it, the, the guys that, that Strider, people wanted Strider after 21 when he went up through the organization for promotions. Everybody the Braves talked to for, for to, from, to make a big trade started with Strider. Probably so, Harris, you know, I mean, what have you traded Harris, Harris? They wanted Harris. They wanted Harris. And uh, Alex was mentioning those guys because he said, yes, you want to do what you can to win now, especially when you got a team this great. But you also want to be great in 24, 25, and 26. And he knows, you know, you're not going to screw it up by trading away all your best prospects to go for it now, especially this team. I mean, they get the best yeah. record in the majors. They're the best team in the majors. Yeah. I mean, they just they showed that again today. Their offense is just mind-numbing. And, and – I like what he did fortifying that bullpen, too, because the guys he's brought in with Pierce Johnson and then they bring in hand yesterday. People, it wasn't this guy was good last year for Philly, man. Yeah. Really good. And this is another guy with Coors Field. You got to kind of throw out what he's done there. You look at what he's done since the break, it's been really good. So he's given you, he gives you another legit back of the mid to high leverage guy. You're going to have like eight, nine guys now that you can really yeah. go to. And that's the kind of pin they had, you know, they want to have. Like in 21, they had a really good pin, but they had like four guys just pitching yeah. out of their minds in the postseason. Yeah. And he has been a closer in the past, too. So, I mean, another all star closer. Yeah. They've got Great a bunch of them. Ball. Yeah. And he pitched in San Diego with, uh, with Kirby Yates, and Kirby was talking about him, you know, because they both of them were so great there. And then he pitched in Colorado with Pierce Johnson. And Pierce Johnson was talking about that slider. It's devastating, man. This guy's yep. elite. So getting Brad Ham yesterday was a good one. Uh, and Chirinos now, I mean, Chirino looks like he could be useful for you. If not starting when those when you get those guys back, there's another long reliever for you to pick from. So you got that depth. So even if they're not all on the postseason roster, you're going to have them as options as opposed to 21 when they won the World Series despite bringing up guys like Tucker Davidson and Dylan Lee, who barely had any service time at all. Right. And they ended up making the start in a World Series, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is I mean, crazy, but you don't want to try to do that again. Yeah, you do not. I mean, you want to be as prepared as possible. But, I mean, it's it's almost like it. 
the hardest thing for me watching a season like this is knowing they could be this good all year and it could mean nothing. Yeah. You know, it's it's so hard to the playoffs are so tough. You just you want to be as prepared as possible, but anything can happen. Your guys can be, you know, Strider was tired and Freed had gotten yep. sick. It, it's like this season's so hurt. long. Strider yeah. was coming off the oblique, had been yeah. out. And that's right, what, right. Yeah, not tired. And that's the the moves that Alex is making with is with that in Death. mind. Yeah, I mean, certain things you just can't control. I mean, if Max Free gets hurt again, it's going to be really tough. You got it's going to yeah. make it hard. But if they've done it basically the whole year without him, though, right? And you've got you've got about six, seven legit options for those four spots, those top four yep. spots. And if you also build a deep bullpen, you get by with a lot more too. And and you know you're only going to need three starters in the postseason. And if you got a really good bullpen, that also helps. So. They're both of them are deep, but that bullpen is really deep now. And then, of course, the big, the big difference is they got the best offense in baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's a game changer. <laughs> so as long as Acuna stays healthy, as long as Matt Olson stays healthy, you know, this is a this lineup is just wow. It is something else, yeah. man. And now Harris yeah. is playing. And now Harris is hot after you know it took him about a few weeks to get going after two injuries. But now he looks as good as ever. He had two homers yesterday. He has three hits today. Uh, he's got his average up around 280 again. I mean, this is uh, this lineup with Arcia down at the bottom, Harris at nine, the nine hole. When Rosario is the weakest spot in your lineup by far, that's pretty You're doing impressive. Great. You know what it reminds me of is like you ever eat dinner with a bunch of people that are just. Uh, they suck, you know. They're picking it. They're they're listening to everything you say and analyzing it and spinning it. And you sit through a dinner with these people, and by the end of it, you're just mentally exhausted. You don't want to talk because anything you say could get spun into some kind of offense or whatever it is. I've had dinners like that where by the end of it, you're just freaking exhausted. That's what it's got to be like to pitch against this team. Every single uh, hitter, it, you have to be so freaking careful with. You roll through that thing two or three times. Yeah, you got to be just mentally burnt out by the end of it. Because you're getting home runs from the bottom guys in the order. You're going yeah. Arcia, Harris, and then you got Acuna. You're back to the top of the order with Acuna, yeah. Ozzy, Riley, and Olson. I mean, it's I mean, it turns it, it turns Acuna crazy. into like a three hole hitter. Honestly, after the first turn, after the, the first lineup, inning. Arcia Harris in front of him. I mean, he's got base runners all the time. That's what Olsen said. I feel like I haven't hit without anybody on base, you know, all year. <laughs> and it's, he's the RBI leader for a reason. I mean, now he's yep. hitting with runners in scoring position too. But earlier he's just getting a ton of opportunities. Now he's making the most of them as well. So, I mean, what they're doing, they're going to break all kinds of records if they just keep up anything close to this pace that they're on. They're at and 206 like home runs. You know what second place in the majors is? 150? 169, the Dodgers. Yeah. Who are known for this. Yeah. yeah. Who are supposed to be this team. The Braves have an 837 team OPS. That is insane, man. 837. Well, and that's why, you know, that's another reason why I think bullpen depth is going to be so huge in the playoffs. Because if your starter does get banged up. Yeah. And has a bad start. If you can just keep it close. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've, I, I'm i like, all right, the Braves game's at 4 o'clock, and I don't get to it till like 4.15 or 4.30. I turn on the TV, it's 4 nothing. Yeah. Second inning. And it's like every freaking time I turn it on. The if I don't see the first it. inning or the second inning. You can't miss this team's first inning because they're no. crazy. I mean, they've got more hits, runs, and homers in the first inning than any other team has in any inning. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane what they're doing in the first inning this year. It, and they they used to have all these comeback wins. They don't have them anymore because they just do it in the first two innings. Yeah, they've kind of reversed that script. They were the yeah. big comeback team. They've still got some comebacks, but they are far more proficient at get jumping out to the leads yeah. now and just burying team. They made Lucas Giolito look bad today, and he, he is skinny. a and he is a good pitcher. Yeah, I mean, he's been an ace. <laughs> they made him look bad. And it happens in a hurry, too. Like, you got the game under – okay, I'm kind of having a bad start. I gave up three. I'm kind of having a bad start. And when the manager starts being like, I might be able to push him through an extra inning, yeah. get him out. Don't don't push it. If he's starting to look like he's losing it with against this team, the yeah. next thing you know, it's 9 nothing or 9-1, nine 9-2. Nine 
you know, they put up a five spot in, in no time at all. And it's, it's just like you said, cause everybody can hurt you. Yeah. Because they give up, he gives up back to back jacks, three run home or not in a solo. I mean, there is four done. runs. Boom. You're done. <laughs> Even when they, you start coming back, you know, they jump out to like a six, one lead or something like that. Put up a couple zeros and your team scores two and it's six, three. And the next thing you know, you're down 12, three. It's just like, this is stupid. I'm looking at the, uh, Major League OPS leaders right now. You got Shohei. The Braves did a pretty good job on Shohei, man. Yeah. Uh, Shohei still leads at 1,084. Second is Acuna at 1,002. Your Major League stolen base leader with 51. Next is 43, the dude from Oakland, Ruiz. Next after that, second in the National League. Is 33. Acuna's got 51 stolen bases. Everybody thought it was going to go crazy on the stolen bases. They're up, but Acuna's the only one that's really, like, going crazy with him. Got his 25th homer today. So he's pushing. He's really pushing that pace for uh, for 40-80, man. Oh, my God. He's just a little. He's like 38 homers and 80. He's pushing 40-80. I, I mean, he can hit 15. 15 more. I mean, pretty easy, I think. Yeah, yeah. He just gets on a little roll. I wonder what the most bags anybody's finished a forty forty season is. Forty, uh, it's only a high forties. Yeah, nobody's been up here, huh? No, nobody's even been forty fifty. Nobody's 46. even been forty. Yeah, nobody's A-Rod, even been, A-Rod got forty two and forty six. Nobody's even been forty fifty. I mean, anything he does, he's going to be the first to do. Even if he goes like 35, 70, nobody yeah. has done those numbers before. Yeah. So, and what he's doing has never been done. This season he's having, nobody's ever had the equal of this. Ricky's the closest. Ricky did yeah. some Ricky did some pretty crazy ones too with home runs and stolen bases, but never yeah. that many homers. Look he at hit, Ricky's He number. hit 28 and stole 87. Yeah, yeah. And then he he was stealing, like the year he stole 130, he only hit 10 homers. Right. Right. He had a 2480, a 2865, and a 2887. That's pretty crazy. But Acuna's going to be right there with 40. Yeah, so what Acuna's doing really is unprecedented. The the type of season he's having, the specifics. I mean, who knows, man? This might be the greatest season of his career. You hope it's not. You hope he just stays healthy and keeps doing this. But, my God, he's running every time he gets on base he's looking to run. And you know he won't do that forever. And it's it's shocking when he gets caught, too. It really does surprise It's like, what, what happened? He's only been caught nine times in 60 attempts. Yeah. That's a damn good percentage. And he's hitting 331. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is – the strikeout rate was, you know, a little higher than you would want in the past. Look at him this year. He's got 59 strikeouts and 58 walks. That is he's, like old school there. If you get more walks than strikeouts, guy with that much power. But this is what this is what people talk about, like how your kind of talent and knowledge kind of intersect at this sweet spot. And I think he's hitting it. Yeah. Because he's having like he's he's had some at bats the last couple weeks where he you could tell he knew they weren't gonna throw him shit you know and it, there's times where he'd get that 2-0 slider in the dirt and chase it or even a 2-0 slider down away and roll over it and kind of give away an at bat I don't think he's really doing that anymore I mean most of his at bats are quality at bats and last year also when he kind of got frustrated and was playing hurt and everything and even the year before well not so much year before but last year he was he would he was taking some balls that were very hittable pitches, and we were getting frustrated yeah. because he'd take a fastball that got the yeah. plate. Then he ain't doing that it. this year. He's so yeah. much more a control of the strike zone. I mean, he's yeah. taking taking his walks when they give him. He's not striking out. He's hitting for power. He's his average. My God, he's like he's just keeps he's raking. He's hitting three thirty five. The dude's got the okay. So everybody talked about Soto being the great OBP guy for so long. The king yeah. Soto's at four twenty five. Acuna's at four twenty. They're two three in the majors. The difference being Soto is slugging five twenty seven. Acuna's slugging five eighty two. Soto's got twenty three homers. Acuna's got twenty five. Acuna's got more doubles, more triples, one to none. He's got stolen bases, of course, fifty one to six. Uh, I mean, he's just he, he's he's just a better hitter all around than Soto, right now you, than Soto. 
Yeah. You ever do that immaculate grid thing? Have I you, don't. Have you played with that? I think it's the kind of... only American that doesn't. <laughs> well, just the other day they had 30 stolen bases. And I just started, you know, kind of like thinking about guys. Like it was like the Blue Jays or somebody like that. I'm like Vernon Wells probably, you know, he was fast. He probably stole 30 bags. You're thinking of guys, Rios. I'm, I'm going through it and I'm like, I don't know anybody that steals 30 bags. Like 30 is kind of hard to get. Not a lot of fast players even get to 30, and Acuna's already got 51. Right. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here's another. Here's a great comp here. Okay, Freddie. We'd all agree Freddie's one yeah. of the best three hitters probably in the last 10 years. Three to so five the, hitters. Yeah. Best on base, slugging, all that. All yeah. right. Right now. Right now. Acuna. Okay, here's a batting average. Acuna, 335. Freddie, 334. OBP. Acuna, 420. Freddie, 413. Slugging. Acuna, 582. Freddie, 580. They're almost identical. Acuna's just better in everything. OPS, Acuna, 1,002, Freddie, 993. Home runs, Acuna, 25, Freddie, 21. Freddie's got him in doubles, 36 to 27, and RBI, 76 to 64. Walks, Acuna, 58, Freddie's 51. Strikeouts, Acuna, 59, Freddie, 83. So he's, he's a, it's like, because when I think of Freddie, I think just pure hitter. Great at bats, big situation. No matter what it is, you're, he's never an easy out. And Acuna's doing this while stealing fifty-one bags, while leading off and sparking his offense every night, and has a cannon in the outfield playing, yep. playing in the playing outfield, gold. playing his ass off. Yeah, I don't know if he'll win a Gold Glove, but he's playing really good, really good D with a great arm. So I mean, it's something else, okay. But anyway, the OPS we're looking at it. Uh, Acuna's second behind Otani. Freddie's third. Matt Olson's fourth. I mean, the connections here, the first yeah. base day with the Braves. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's no Freddie Freeman. Okay, maybe he's not Freddie, but right now. That talk's quieted down a little lately. <laughs> it has quieted down because, I mean, Olson's never going to hit for the average like Freddie, obviously, or have the, quite the OBP. But he's slugging 598 to Freddie's 580. He's got 37 homers to Freddie's 21, 91 yeah. RBIs to Freddie's 74. So, I mean, it's a trade off, a little more power. Little less average in OBP. He doesn't need to have the average in OBP on this team. No. Yeah, that's that's kind of the kicker is when you're in this lineup too. Yeah. It's like you know, he he seems to lately at least always be hitting that homer at the right time too. You know, like when it when it really changes the game. It's funny, the Braves and the Dodgers account for four of the top five OPSs in the majors. Freddie and Mookie and and uh Acuna and Matt Olson. 
with Otani being above that they got the four of the five after the, f- the next four after uh, Otani, Dodgers and the Braves. Otani uh, hits the ball hard, doesn't he? Oh my God, he hit that 114 mile an hour single today. <laughs> but uh, if you look in the National League, you got a uh, you got Acuna and Matt Olson one and three in OPS, and you don't have to go down too far. Austin Riley is 13th at 841. Uh, the really crazy thing is when you look at the home runs. Uh, Harris got his 10th and 11th home runs yesterday. So he gave them nine guys with double-digit home runs. Matches a franchise record. They said 99. But Darno's only got – he's got nine, so he's going to get 10. So they're going to have yep. 10 guys with double digits anytime now. That's insane. And but three of them with 25. So they got uh, – with the home runs in the National League, you got Olsen leading. You got Acuna is sixth with 25 or tied for six with Austin Riley and J.D. Martinez. So you got – and Albies with 24. You've got four Ozzie's Braves. Albies got 24. Albies got 24. Four Braves in the top 10. Marcelo Zuna's got 22. So you got five Braves in the top 15 home runs in the National League. Five guys from one team. Four in the top 10. So I mean five in the top 20 in the league. In the league. <laughs> That's insane. Five, yeah, I mean, five in the top 15. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what they're doing power hitting wise, you would think this was Cincinnati or Coors Field. And they're playing in a neutral ball. It's a neutral ballpark. Can you imagine if, if it was a hitter's park? Oh, my God. And, or even a hitter's park division. Because you don't, you don't really right. – I mean, you don't play your division as much now. but Neutral fields. City Field's pretty neutral. Washington's pretty neutral. Florida's big. I Shit mean, Philly, Philly's kind of a hitter's park, but yeah, that's it. There's like if you're in the NL East or somewhere like that. Still, you got 26 homers from your from your catchers, Murphy and 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 Darno. You got Rosario. Yeah. Like I said, the weak spot in the lineup. He's got a 755 OPS. Like the memo B average is like 730. Everybody in their lineup is well above average OPS. You could put him on a lot of teams and nobody would call him a weak spot. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's hitting only, only hitting 246, 294 OBP. That's not good. But he's got 16 homers, 48 ribbies, 16 doubles. I mean, the guy's doing some things. And he's and he's a, he's a basically a platoon guy. He's playing most of the time. But that was the only spot where you could have filled in. And they looked. They looked to possibly add there, but again, the price was too high. They weren't going to mortgage the future. And maybe if they needed to, they would have. But you look at this lineup and you go, okay, can we afford to have one guy who's not? <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, guys, it's not like this. The other thing is the lineup doesn't not hit good pitching. They're not just beating up on the four to five. Pitch, yeah. They're not winning 10-1, 10-2, and then they face an ace and lose one to three. They beat up anybody. And Pilar, when he's in there, Pilar gives you some good at-bats, too, in left field. Yeah. What have we got? Uh, does Freddie get to 3,000 hits? We were talking about yeah. this the other day. We think he does. I think so. I think he does. And I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, too. I, I mean, barring that. some major injury, but the way, the way he plays and the position he plays, there's no reason why he should have a major injury. Well, you know? And he plays every day, and like I, yeah. I've said with him in the past, is he's not a guy that's – he just uses leverage, you know. He's not like he's a guy that's – it's like if it was Joey Gallo or something like that, I'm like, I don't know how that guy's going to be doing in his late 30s. But Freddie stays within himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the legacy he's left here, too, is that uh, – I know people don't want to hear about Freddie, but but this playing every day thing that Freddie started that basically, he's yeah. the one that started that in the infield. Ozzy jumped on board, Dansby jumped on board, Dansby left, and now that is they're entrenched there. Matt Olson wants to play every day. Yeah. Acuna wants to play every day. He said one sixty two. I don't want any days off. I mean, and people act like the team is putting pressure on them to do this. They're not at all. These guys want to play one sixty two. I mean, maybe down the stretch that. The, uh, snitch maybe take it out of their hands in a couple of blowouts, give them four or five innings, if not a whole day, you know. Yeah. But uh, they don't want 
you know, they don't want to have a day off every week down the stretch, if any. And some of these guys, too, you get to that point where you get like 120 games played. You don't want to take a day off down the stretch. If you've got a chance to play 162, it might be the only time in your career you get to do it. Yeah, and sometimes those are the days where you – I mean, when you're hot, you get enough off days. You know, like the the, the prescribed off days, like the scheduled ones are, are right. enough. And I, I always hear guys always said, you know, that's how you put up numbers. When they talk about putting up numbers, they, there'd always be some young guys coming up that, ah, you know, my – Hammy's a little tight. I might need to ask for a few days. And maybe you do, but that might be the day you hit two homers. And you add those those yeah. games up over over 162 game season. You took off 10 games you shouldn't have. That you might you might have missed out on eight homers. Well, remember earlier in the year we answered some questions here on isn't it time to give Riley and Harris a day off? They're struggling. Remember that? Harris needs to be get a day off. And then You'll he got right on the bench. <laughs> and then he got fire. And it was like yeah. this. It wasn't a transition. It was like a three-hit game or whatever. And he's not and slowed go. down yeah. since. And Austin that might be the day you the take off. Austin Riley was the same way. He had a huge game and he has not cooled off since then. Nope. And there was no transition period. That's kind of how it, you know, that's kind of how it goes, though, is you can't figure out the adjustment you made or what you're doing's working on the bench. You can feel great in BP, but it, you know. To that day, it, uh, so much of it's confidence and momentum. Yeah. That that day you take off because you're struggling. That might have been the day he got three hits and turns his whole season around. Like the 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 season is so like a player's season is so fragile. Like it could fall apart or get hot in one play or one one thing can click in a game or one one day you can get three or four hits and just take off because your confidence is sky high now. I mean, if if a guy like his swing is so messed up that he needs to like he decides they decide it'd be better for him to work in a cage all day with uh yeah with sites or something, okay, maybe that's one of those things. But a lot of times guys want to work in a cage and something clicks and they want to take it to the game. So it's like but maybe I did you hit a story three on that. singles and now you're just like, all right, well, I mean it takes the pressure off. I did a story on that earlier in the week about playing because the Braves had when I looked at it, it was four of the 11 major leaguers who've played every game this season. Four were Braves. Wow. Their whole infield and Ronald Acuna, or three of the four infielders, Arcia had an IL stint. But the other three infielders and Acuna had played every game and still have. And there were only seven other guys in the majors. And the Seattle was the only other team with more than one. They had two. So it's a Braves thing, man. And they and they they and Riley and Olson were both saying it's a pride thing now. And Nazi, it's a pride thing. They want to play every day. Well, it's also a you know how nice it is if you're a starting pitcher and Olson and yeah. Harris are out of the lineup today. You know, I mean, every day you gotta you gotta right. face their best lineup, and that's intimidating. And for Snit to be able to fill that lineup out with those four guys, because those are also your first four hitters, which yeah. makes it even better. You know. Yeah. That first four is fearsome, and they play every day. Yeah, and that was like, I mean, you faced the Phillies in their in their heyday. You yeah. were facing, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Rollins leading off, Victorino, Utley, Howard, Ibanez are worth. But you, every single time you faced those guys, they that part of the lineup was there, and you had to deal with it. There, it's so nice when, like Trout's not in the Angels lineup. How much does that change the game? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if they had one of those games, if Shohei would have taken off, mm-hmm. Braves would have been like, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different I guess lineup. In this lineup, it matters a little less because you're <laughs> right. Okay. Now we got two weak spots in the lineup, maybe. But but imagine how different this Braves lineup is with Acuna, without Acuna. Uh, now, sure, you could you could hit Ozzy leadoff or you could hit, you know, whoever leadoff, but it's totally different than it is with yeah. Acuna up there. Yeah. To start the game. Yeah, I mean, he's just – you could argue that you could make an argument, as good as this lineup is, that no team, maybe with the exception of the Angels, would miss one hitter more than the Braves would Acuna because of what he means to this lineup in that yeah. leadoff spot. Because they don't have another guy who's a clear leadoff guy who who does yeah. the things that a leadoff guy needs to do. Ozzy doesn't really have the OBP of the type. He could do it. He did fine when he did do it, but not anything like Acuna. Plus, the big thing about Acuna, like I was talking to Olsen about this, Matt said, Acuna gets on base, and then before you know it, he's on second and he's on third. He's like he's in scoring position almost immediately because if he doesn't double, he singles and steals second. 
So the game starts yeah. with him on score in scoring position, basically. And if you if it's like if you if you don't pitch to him, it's a double. <laughs> I mean, you you have to see him, and and then if if he gives up a single or something, it's just instant chaos. You know, I mean, I remember the yeah. Angels used to have these two guys, Reggie Willits and Chone Figgins. And then they had Garrett Anderson yep. and Vlad yep. Guerrero coming up. But you knew you had to get those two just so you had some play or some hope when when their three, four hitters came up. And the Braves kind of have that same thing going. The only difference is, you know, Willits and Figgins probably hit five homers a year and Acuna's exactly. going to hit 40. Yeah. And Ozzy's got 20-something. It's, yeah, no- it's a nightmare lineup. Yeah, nobody's had a lineup that that has this kind of power in addition to speed guys, and, and nobody had nobody has. It'd be it'd be lethal if if Ozzy and Acuna nothing changed, but they were only ten home run guys. It'd still be a pain in the ass of a lineup. Like it, it'd still be almost unbeatable. But when those guys can hit, I mean, they got what Ozzy's got twenty something, and Ronald's got almost thirty. That's a fifty something homers at the top of your lineup before you even get to the sluggers. Yeah, Ronald's got 25. Oz's got 24. What, what did I just so, say? So almost 50. Yeah. Um, I was talking about that playing every day. Um, yeah, it was 11 major leaguers. Four of them were Braves that have played every game their team had. That was a few days ago. That might be one of those guys might not have played in the interim, but all the Braves have still have. Uh, but Matt Olson said, I've always kind of looked at it as it's part of the job, and you try yeah. to play 162 every year, and we definitely do that here. He said, yeah. uh, "He said you get paid to play, and you do what you can to go out and help the team win every day. You can't do it from the bench." He yeah. said, uh, "He said uh, we have guys that do that more so than a lot of teams in the league play every day." He said, "You're supposed to pre- prepare yourself in the off season and stay For strong and get your, and get yourself ready during the season to do that. As long as you're feeling good and healthy and strong, there's no reason not to run out there every day." There's a mental aspect of it too, as far as like built-in excuses and things go. Right. Once you uh, take a day off. Yeah. Well, and, and when you play and you you're questionable, you know, yeah. I feel like shit today. I'm worn down. I'm a little tight here. My shoulders kind of banged up, and then you hit a homer anyway. That helps you overcome that whole feeling of, oh, I can't do well because I don't feel good. And there's so many players that ca- get caught up, and I have to feel great to play right. well, and it just it destroys them. And it, when you just make this commitment, I'm playing every day, you get to learn that lesson of, all right, I felt like shit today, but I filleted two singles to left. I could still help the team. And the next time you feel like shit, it's not in your head. You just go out and yeah. play. It's a big deal. I know a lot of people that are, are not uh, old enough to remember Chipper early in his career. They just saw Chipper at the end of his career, and he was out of lineup a lot because he was banged up all the time. He was old. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. getting hit. In the, I mean, his shin one time when he missed about a week's worth of – he had black and blue and like four other colors from one end yep. of his of his foot all the way up to his knee when he got hit by line drive. But Chipper had so many, and he had two ACLs, you know, in his career, yeah. and he had all kinds of shit at the end that was it was it was legitimately out of the lineup for a lot of time. But if you look at his first decade or so, he and Andrew Jones played like one fifty eight to one sixty two every year. Yep, he played every day. And people don't realize that, but Andrew, look at his and the way Andrew played. It's amazing. He played that many games. The way he played the game, as hard yeah. as he played, and all those diving catches. But yep. they played every day on artificial turf too. A lot of games, a lot of visiting parks, artificial turf. Yeah, that could but, be a big difference for these guys when they start getting toward those years, not running on basically pavement over, you know, with carpet over it. So, but I was talking to what what you were talking about uh, uh, playing every day. And because I, I, I talked to, I, I remember very clearly when the Braves got J.D. Drew. Remember how good J.D. Drew was before he came here? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a great player. He just was, he was hurt a lot. Yeah. But when he it was kind of like Larry Walker, but when he was in, the, when he was healthy, he was amazing. And the Braves made a big trade for him, got him for a year before free agency. He had missed a couple of games early in the season. Kind of the pattern of his career. He, he, if he had something, he's sore, he's a little sick, whatever, he missed, he didn't play. Well, he got, he got scratched a couple of times. We asked Chipper, and Chipper said, I'll never forget it. Chipper said, JD's a guy that feels like he needs to be 100% to play. Well, yep. once we get gone out of spring training, hardly anybody's 100% in here. And that's just, you, 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 we, put, we play when we're, 
well, you don't play when you're injured, but you can be sore and play. Yeah. And he's got to understand that he that he's JD Drew is so good that he helps us even if he's not 100 if he can play. But right. he called him out publicly. JD Drew did not miss another game the rest of the year. If I don't Probably think he missed had a great one, season too, he might have missed. They might have rested him one time, maybe the re- but look up that season that he was with the Braves. Look at the games played, the season that he had. That's Chipper Jones calling him out right there. That look was 2004. At, it was only one year with the Braves, but look at the numbers compared to the other year the games played. Yeah, he hit 300. <laughs> yeah. And look how many games he played. 145. Was it a high of his career? No, he played, but this was two years later. He played 146 with the Dodgers and had another great season. Right. But and before that, he'd never played that many, right? Before that, he played – no, after that, he played 140 with Boston, too, and 139 right. with Boston. But before that point, no, it was 135 never. was a high. Yep. Yep. And he had a phenomenal season. He started wow. playing every game. All of a sudden, all the little nicky – the little stuff, getting nicked here, a little sore here. We didn't hear about it anymore. He wasn't never scratched again. I, I just think it's such a mental thing that when you convince yourself that, then you almost convince yourself – even when you do play and you're unsure of it, that you're not going to have a good game. The other when you guy convince yourself, I can go out there and hit no matter yep. what. You have a good game. The other guy that Chipper called out publicly, and you probably remember this one, was Jay, Jay Hay. Hay. Yep. Jay Hay was down in Florida rehabbing from a hamstring, I think it was, and they had expected him only miss a couple of few games or something to go down yep. there and rehab for only a couple of games or whatever. Well, this was it was dragging on a little bit. Chipper basically said the same thing about J.D. Drew. He said it respectfully, but he said Jason's a, Jay Hayes a young guy. He probably doesn't know the difference between playing hurt and and, uh, and injured and playing hurt, but he's got to know, Jay's got to know that Jay Hay at 85% is better than whatever, anybody else we're going to run out there. I think he was in the lineup a day or two later. The next day. In Florida? Was it in Florida? He was rehabbing. No, he was rehabbing in Florida. He came back up the next day he was playing is what I remember. The next day. Yep. Took off. I mean, Chipper had a leg, carried a lot of weight with his words. And hey, he was one of the. pressure, man. <laughs> and you don't have many guys that are willing to call out people like that either. He was willing no. to. And it worked. I mean, it worked. Yeah. I, I do specifically remember that because I remember. Yeah. I mean, you don't pay too much attention to stuff, but you're also aware of the stuff in the clubhouse. And that when you're a young player like Jay Hay was, you're kind of trying to figure out what you should right. and shouldn't play through. And a lot of guys, you know, they, they might not want to play through something because they don't want it to turn into something and get hurt. And you haven't learned what's the difference between like pain and an injury right. or discomfort and hurt. And so I think that was just a moment where he had to call him out and tell him like, hey, nobody feels good. Yeah. We're all out here. You got to be out here too. If, if you're If you're able to go out and do all your workouts and all your stuff in Florida – yeah. Do it on the field, man. We need you. And Austin Riley said something to that effect when I was doing this story and asking him about playing every day and uh and uh and and getting on a hot streak and snit being able to, you know, he said, Yeah, there's something to it. He said, the way you get out of it when you're struggling is just more at bats. The way you start to figure yourself out even more and learn the game and more about yourself, I think, is just the more at bats you can get, the better it's gonna be. I know it's helped me in my career being out there every day. He said, because of 19, when he was a rookie, he said, I would play against lefties and come off the bench. Kudos to guys who do that, like Pilar and Charlie Culberson. That's a tough role. I'm fortunate yeah. to be on a team where I do get to play every day. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, even as a relief pitcher, the more I was out there, like the less time you have to work yourself into a, into a bad habit, you know, mentally, because you're out there. Yeah. There's no time to really think. You're just playing and playing and playing. For me, if if I pitch my third or fourth day in a row, you could book a zero. Because I'd just been out there the two days before. My confidence is high. I'm rolling. I'm comfortable on the mound. But if you gave me three or four days off, yeah, anything could freaking happen. I might give up a five spot because Men- you just you get out of that rhythm, you know, mentally and physically. Mentors like that. He says the same thing. He hates yeah. going. He was going to throw every day during the All-Star break. He ended up getting hurt right before, so he couldn't. But he said he hates the all-star break because he hates not throwing that time. He said he was going to get a net by a net so he could throw it home every day because yep. he said he just has to keep his arm going. Yeah, you just, you know, you tighten up and 
you heal and little stuff moves different and you create a bad habit. You don't feel the same and you just get out of that flow. But when you're out there every day, it's like your body just keeps preparing for the next day. But they've been, there've been three instances this year where Snit has kind of taken some heat for sticking with a guy who was struggling mightily. Olsen was having a bad trick early. Austin was having a terrible time for a while. And Ozuna had, was, remember how bad he was? Yeah. Everybody wanted him just dropped, released. I mean, he was, <laughs> I was like, I, I said it was time, and like the next freaking day he went off. And then he went on another, and he got he went on another dreadful yeah. slump recently. He was four for forty nine, and Snit kept running him out there every day. Took off again, and now he's you know, Snit will stick with guys like Bobby did. He learned that patience from Bobby, and it usually pays off for these guys. I mean, they usually get out of it, and he'll ride them out, and then you know. Who knows when they were going to get out of it if he just benches them for a couple of games. The worst thing a manager can do is be reactive, you know, and especially with the bullpen. I mean, every every bullpen team that I see struggle is a guy has a bad game. He doesn't pitch for two weeks and you just sit on a bad outing. But even just it wouldn't you wouldn't know it. But where a guy's at in the lineup and the comfort they have means so much to him. I was even as a pitcher early in my career, guys would come in. They'd be pissed. They were hitting seventh. Yeah. I'm like what's the fucking difference? Just hit the ball. But there's there's just something to it, and the messages that are sent by getting moved up or down in the lineup, it can kind of compound what you're already feeling and and your struggles. And it's like when they acknowledge you're struggling and move you in the lineup. Now I know I'm struggling, and now I got to try harder to make, get a hit. But when your manager just has this like pff, limitless confidence in you, you know, like it, it never runs out, and he yeah. believes that you're going to get out of it. It's like there's so much less pressure to do it today. Like I okay. <laughs> You have a bad game, then whatever. I'm still gonna be hitting three hole tomorrow. Now, granted, it's a little easier to do when you got so many guys hitting. But remember, early there have been stretches this year where they the offense was struggling. Yeah, it's hard to ma- it's hard to imagine it now when they're doing what they're doing. But there were a couple of stretches where hardly anybody was hit, but it just yeah. didn't last that long. But Snit stuck with those guys, and there you go. So I mean, it's, anyway. it's along the same concept of what we're saying, though, is that might be the day they get hot and you send this message of putting Riley in the seven hole. Now he's going up there like, I'm a seven hole hitter. You know, right. like it just, it, it, right. the, the game is so mental that, you know, you just don't mess with good things. So, yeah, trade deadline came and went yesterday. The Braves didn't uh, do anything sexy. Didn't go out and get the big starter. Some people thought they were going to want to get, but we talked about that, what they would have had to pay the price. There weren't many stuff, good, really good starters available. And some of the prices that people paid to get them are like, whoa. I mean, they're mortgage in the future for, and the Braves didn't need to do that. I mean, they didn't, yeah, it would have helped them to get another guy, sure. But they, they weigh these things and Alex weighs them and he doesn't want to give up pros, really good prospects for a guy that they, they might, they, that might make them a little bit better, incrementally better, but it's not going to be the difference maker to win in the World Series probably. And they don't need a difference no. maker to exactly. get them in a postseason. That's what I was going to say is, is this team doesn't really need a difference maker. I mean, there were years like when I was with the Braves, 09 or 10 or something like that, and there was like Ryan Dempster on the market. And we're like, fuck, if we get that guy. And the yeah. next thing you know, Paul Mahomes walks through. No offense to Paul Mahomes, but it's not the – Right. That's not that difference maker that he's a good starter, but we needed that like bona fide ace or top of the lineup guy that you're looking at the postseason like we can line up like this now. The Braves just they just need to get a few guys back and their lineup's already where it's at. Yeah. And that and that made it more challenging too, I guess in a good way for uh, for Alex though, because he's got he said he talks to the staff, the coaching staff, and the training staff every day about these guys that were coming back because he wanted to be yeah. a, really on top of where they are. He wanted to have, yeah. he wanted to get as close to the deadline as he could, talking to these guys, to the training staff every day about, okay, what are the chances, not just that Max comes back and Cock is back, but that they come back at the level they were at. And they told him, we really believe that there's no reason why he won't be. In other right. words, the way his, the way his, his rehab is going – the way he's thrown his rehab starts, the way Kyle looks throwing on the side without pain, that they believe these guys, especially Max, they think he's going to come back and be Max rather than right. guy trying to get to back to that. So if they told him otherwise and said, mm, I don't know, I don't know what you can expect if we can expect to get Kyle back at all. If they'd have told him that, there would have been more urgency to do it. But that's not what they told him. Same yeah. thing about uh, uh, Chavez and about especially Dylan Lee, you know. Yeah. They didn't think they had to go out and splurge and get the best reliever on the market because they really do believe Dylan Lee will be back. They wanted to get yeah. a third lefty, though, 
because Minter has been the only lefty really healthy for a yeah. while since Dylan Lee went down. Hands a hell of a pickup. I don't know how his last couple years have gone, but his breaking ball, I guarantee, is still nasty. Look at his numbers last year with Philly. They were good. Yeah. Yeah. And then two World Series innings, you know, he's had a lot of postseason experience. He's a uh, – yeah, I think it was a great pickup. Get another lefty. And then you get Dylan Lee back, you got three all of a sudden. And, uh, Especially a lefty numbers. that dominates lefties. If you look at uh, Brad Hand's numbers against lefties, they've always been great. Yeah. But the disparity now is really pretty extreme, lefty-righty. Yeah. He's as effective as ever against lefties, though. Yep. I mean, it's like you're talking about way below 200 average, like 160, 70, and an OPS around 500 for his career, and it's below that right now for lefties. So for for if they could just have him face mostly lefties, can't just only lefties, but he should but you be can, great. You can – well, and it, you don't have to bring Minner in in the sixth or seventh then for, you know, to clean up an inning. or exactly. it just It allows you to save him. And and you just have so much more play with, you know, they have some good righties that can get lefties out, but there's certain guys that, I mean, managers do the vice versa where they just bring in a lefty against a lefty that hits lefties well. But in this case, it's like when you have a lefty that can, you know can dominate a lefty, it's it just gives you so many more options to save those other guys and play with it. When Minter's your only lefty, you know, and Otani comes up in the sixth. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck, I got I got to go Minter now, and then you get to the eighth, and you wish you had him, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of facing lefties, uh, Harris was talking about every time they faced Philly last year, and late in the game, he knew they were going to bring in Hand, and he goes, yeah. "Oh God, this guy got a battle to get through." That he hated facing him. Yep. Yeah, and that's I mean that I'm looking that for that place too. You know, knowing there's another one coming behind him. <laughs> I'm looking for his numbers. I had him in my store yesterday. If you got it up real quick. Look at those numbers against lefties, though. Hand numbers against lefties? Yeah, I'll look at them. I'll look them up right now. But uh, I don't have them up. Uh, oh, and here's the five. The, the Not only they got all those guys have hit uh, 10 homers, but they got Acuna and Riley hit their 25ths today. So the Braves and the Dodgers are the only team with three guys with 25 or more. Albies has 24. Zuna has 22. The Braves have never had five guys hit 25 homers in a season. They're going to have five. They're going to have five, maybe push 30. Or, or yeah. some of them are already over 30. So a few years ago, they had something like a bunch of guys with 20, didn't they? Yeah, they had, they've had some with a bunch of 20, but never with more. Oh, hand, hand against lefties, 143 average, 480 <laughs> OPS, 20 punch outs. Yeah, I mean, no homers. Eight walks. It's yeah. impressive. No homer. I mean, one double. It's impressive. One triple. Yeah. So they added that yesterday. You know, and people just look at his six ERA. It's like, oh, whatever ERA was. It's like, dude, forget that. Well, especially when you're, you know, it's it's one thing when a flamethrower that doesn't really have a secondary pitch. Or his is, one, yeah, six was uh, Pierce Johnson. He didn't have great numbers either. but right. Hand's got a four and a half still. I mean, that's not what he normally does, but it's I think it's night and day if you're if you're a breaking ball guy like yep. Chris Johnson or with hand. And man, I would throw sliders in Colorado. Yeah. And one would just spin middle, and you might even get a swing and miss because it's so bad. Yeah. And then you try to correct it and it actually does what it's supposed to do, and you throw it in the dirt. And so you're just playing this guessing game every time you're there. It's like for a flamethrower, if you throw 100, you throw 100. But when you're a breaking ball guy and living off that breaking ball, it's a big deal. Yeah, Those are guys you want to pick from Coors. If you think about it, that wasn't the good – why did they get him anyway with the slider being your, your key pitch? I mean, like you said, it doesn't – you don't get the same break there, man. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't think they have an answer for anything yeah. they're supposed to do. They're trying everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one for, now I'm looking at him too. I got him 59 plate appearances. Uh Two eight oh ERA and fifty five appearances last season for the Phillies. Yeah, and in the shortened season, he led the majors in saves with sixteen for Cleveland. Yeah, that went long ago. Yeah, and he I think he he started as a starting pitcher, right? And then he um, they, the Marlins or somebody I think it was Marlins put him in the bullpen. Yeah. and he took off as a reliever. yeah. He was a Marlins starter. Uh, I was talking to uh, McHugh about him because I remember when he was a Marlins starter. I'm like, who is this guy? His slider, Jesus. Yep. And then you let him throw that thing only in the pen. He threw 82 games in 2016. <laughs> Yates said he's a good competitor, wants the ball, likes to pitch a lot. He's one of those guys that kind of never turns the ball down. He's ready to go every day. 
And I think everybody knows what kind of stuff he has, the slide or everything. He's that I think he's very equipped to come in here and get some laid outs for us for sure. He's only 33. You know, I mean, he got called up at 21. So he's another guy where you're like, you've been seeing him for so long. They have a bad year. You're like, all right, he's old. He's done. But 33 is not. I mean, you not can keep for going labor. for a while. Yeah. 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 So I had the – okay, so they got Lee. We'll come back. He's, he's about to start a rehab assignment. He'll be back soon. Chavez is still weeks away. They'll probably wait till September expansion. But he could be back by late August if they need him back. Uh, but when they get – when they get back, and I'm not even counting Nick Anderson or Chavez in this, but just when they get Lee back, they put it. They moved out to Daisbell Hernandez today. They called it a forearm infl- uh, inflammation. They had to make a spot for hand, so he was the guy to go to to get sent put on the aisle today. But they're going to have 11 relievers for an eight man pin. Not even counting Chavez and uh, Nick Anderson. You got lefties. You got Mentor, Hand, and Lee. That's solid. And then you've got. Pierce Johnson, Colin McHugh, Kirby Yates, Daisbell Hernandez, Yo- Joe Jimenez, who's pitched he's lights pitched his out. Ass off. Yeah. He's nasty. Now we're seeing I, the Joe I didn't Jimenez. get too excited about him early on, but who he's been lately, I'm like, man. Right. He's know, coming back from the like, back thing. Yeah. That he got scoped last fall, and it took a while, yeah. but he's the guy they wanted now. Yeah. Then Michael Tonkin and Ben Heller. That's yeah. pretty solid, man. Yeah, I mean, the guys that you're talking about, we might have to leave them off the roster, might be throwing the seventh for a lot of teams. I mean, we're not, you know, Iglesias has been terrific lately. He's looked yeah. great. His changeup is so good. And he just, he, he's got balls. He never looks nervous. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's the guy that they were expecting him to be now. It, you know, took him a while to get consistent, but uh, it's, a, it's a solid pin. And they got so many options. That can pitch the ninth if they need them to. Now they got so many guys yeah. that have been there, all these experienced guys, man. That you're not going to worry at all about putting them on the in the most pressurized situation. Yeah, I I always like that. I always like having a few guys that have closed. If you have an injury or a, a starter has to be down, I mean, I've been on teams where the the closer's been or a reliever has to be down, but you, the closer's been healthy all year. And yeah. you got all these guys comfortable in roles that have never really dabbled with the ninth, and the ninth's a different animal. You know, yeah. you got guys on this team that have mentors closed. I mean, hands closed. You got guys that if one guy's down, you don't have to worry about that factor of can they handle the ninth. Yates is closed. Jimenez is, is closed. Yep. He said, uh, mentor said, uh, the more pieces you can have in a bullpen, the better off we're going to be. So I'm glad I have another lefty. I was the only one healthy for a while. He said, we know how important it is. Once you get in the postseason, how critical the bullpen is. I've heard great things about Han as a person. It's more good depth. Obviously, me being the only lefty down there the most part of the year, it'll be nice to have someone to take a load off. And hopefully we get Dylan Lee back soon. Han is a guy that's experienced at the back end of the bullpen too, so that's always a plus. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you think about like a situation where in the eighth inning there's a huge at-bat and you need a lefty out. You don't have to use Minter tonight. He's available tomorrow. Colin said, yeah, me and Kirby were just talking about the depth they have. He said, we were like, we've got a lot of arms, a lot of good arms. He goes, I think Alex's MO, at least since I've been here, what I've seen the last few years is he prioritizes depth over just about anything. So I think even starting the year, making sure that depth was there because we've needed it this year. And as he pointed out, he goes, as we've shown, even with the injuries they've had, being able to sustain the third and fourth best bullpen ERA in baseball through some tough injuries. They have to. Yeah. He said, yeah, they got to have some, they got a good vibe. He said, uh, he's at hand is just going to bolster down the stretch. Brad's not only got a great arm, he's got experience. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I think the trick is how do you keep everybody sharp? Because we're going to all slide into our roles and there's going to, they're going to be guys that don't pitch a lot. There's going to be guys that pitch a lot. That's just the nature of the bullpen. But I know Cranny and Snit have been around for a while, so they know how to do that. Um, I think when you're coming down to August and September, where you start managing the games a little bit different. I think that's kind of when everybody's going to be able to step up and get the ball and be able to produce on a high level. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like what they did as far as uh, making sure they filled the – making sure you got another – I love – we didn't even mention it, but I love the Nicky Lopez pickup, and I hate seeing Charlie get – Charlie's back in AAA again. He's not going anywhere. He lives here. Yeah. He loves being on the – he's in a great spot at the end of his yeah. career. This guy they got is such an upgrade defensively. Nicky Lopez, you're talking plus, plus glove. I mean, this is a defender at any of the positions. So now if you lose any of those infielders, and he even played first base the other day, started a game at first for the Royals. 
But if you lose your, you know, second, short, third, he's going to probably give you better defense than the guy that's playing that position right now. He's that good. He's not going to hit, but right. that's fine. You don't need him to hit with this lineup. You just need a guy that can fill in at third base for a few games if somebody gets a little injury, nicked up a little bit, you know? Well, fill in at a lot of spots. Yeah. yeah. He can play the outfield, too. He's played all every position but catcher. So that's a good pickup. Great clubhouse guy, too. Loves, uh, you know, he's been with the Royals the whole time, so he kind of was bittersweet for him. But he loves the fact that he's joining a first-place team. And he yeah. fit just fit in seamlessly on this team, too. First day, he's talking to everybody. Hey, I'll see you guys later. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's been fun, but I might go get a ring. And I might not even have to do anything to get it. He and his fiance set November 2nd for the wedding date. They planned it last winter. She goes, are you sure these dates are good? He goes, oh, yeah, they'll be fine. And now he's, now he's like, we might have to postpone. He goes, but she'll yeah. understand. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had a yeah. whole weekend thing. thing. They had a whole one, first through the fifth thing planned, a whole long weekend thing planned. So, yeah, you might have to, man. Yeah, that's a uh, rebuilding teams don't really mess up your offseason plans. Yeah. You can book a lot of stuff at a time. So, yeah, that was a good, uh, quiet pickup there. They didn't give up much at all to get him a double A 25 year old pitcher. Oh, uh, no, for him, they even get, uh, no, for him, that's who they gave up for hand. For him, they just gave up the guy they just got for the Rangers who was terrible in his one outing for the Braves, Hearn, yeah, yeah. the lefty. That's all they gave up to get Lopez. I don't even know what the Royals are thinking. I mean, they, I guess they see Hearn's got those 98, he can, he's got yeah. the stuff, he's a six, six, six dude. Maybe they figure, you know, they got a time chance. to fix him. We'll take know? a shot, you know. Yeah. We might have potentially have a guy who can pitch in our rotation for the next four or five years. That's what they got to be thinking because he certainly doesn't have the numbers to do it, but he pitched fine in AAA, so good for them. But the Braves got what they needed from this guy. And the other thing was, he was making 3-7 this year, and he's already eligible, so you know the Royals are going to non-tender him. They're not going to pay a guy $5 million next year. Yeah, I mean, unless he goes off, you know. I mean, No, I'm talking about the Royals, not. though. They wouldn't, he, was, he was a backup for them, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they weren't. They were going to non-tender him. Yeah. And the one year where he got to play every day at shortstop, it got off, man. He had a great yeah. year. Hit yeah. 300. This dude is like, if you look at it, there's, there's like you won't find another pe- person who's had a career like him. He's four or five years. He's been like a no war player, like a negative a couple of years. And then the one year where he played shortstop all year, he had like the eleventh highest F war in the majors. He had a six F war, like higher than Mustakas had for the Royals. Yeah, he had three hundred. Yeah, he had three hundred and played played plus plus defense. It's it was just crazy. I mean, it's, those are situations like a guy like Garcia could find himself in. Yeah. And look at the year he's having this yeah. year playing every day. Exactly. From utility to all-star starting shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, he, t- he heard that story. This guy heard that story the first day he got here because he remembers Probably kept Ar- him going a little bit. <laughs> he said he remembered Garcia when they played against him, you know, in the American League, when, when the Royals played against the Brewers. And, the, uh, and he said that the guy was an, looked like an all-star back then when he was playing short for the Brewers. Yeah. And uh, when they had some interleague against him, he said he looked like an all-star back then. And then, you know, he had kind of lost track of him a lot, but now, now he saw him. So, yeah. Timing, anyway. man. Timing is so important in this game. Anyway. All right. Well, that's where they are. The Braves got a big series going up to Chicago. Got the day off and then a three-game series with all-day games, man. The weather's, like, beautiful, too. Like, 80s with uh, uh, low in the 60s at night, high in the upper 70s, low 80s. Comes so better hope that wind's blowing in. You saw it blowing out with what happened last night. They hit seven uh, bombs. Dansby hit did two. They? Did they? Seven. Yeah, well, Master, that, record, Master record. Franchise That record. stadium without the bleachers and center and, and in the outfield, you know, blocking any wind. Wind just cuts right through that stadium. It's like it, the wind's like ten times more effective in that stadium than it is anywhere else. The way it affects a game. It could be yeah. like there's no balls going out today to, yeah. right, to, to, to left or right wherever it's blowing in. Or like anything hitting the air is going out today. No other yeah. place is it extreme like that. Nowhere. Yeah. I pissed there my rookie year, and I it was extra innings, so I had to be facing guys like Soriano and Derek Lee. Yeah. And I probably gave up what should have been three home runs and wound up going four scoreless, <laughs> you know, because it's like yeah. it comes off the bat, and I'm like, well, that's ball game. I just got walked off. And then yeah. I see, you know, left fielder coming in for it. <laughs> it's crazy stadium. Yeah, it really holds it up, man. And then other ones look like they're going to be a pop five. There they are. They land in the basket. Home run. 
Yeah. And then you get one, you know, when the wind's blowing out and somebody actually gets one, it's going like 40 rows up dead center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or out of the stadium. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we'll do another one after the Braves uh, play the Cubs and Dansby and have a little reunion. First games against Dansby. Be interesting to see what he's uh, has to say about the Braves watching from afar. RC has really limited that blow, huh? Man, he has. He has diffused that. And, <laughs> and also to a degree with Freddie as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah, crazy. I mean, we talk so much about you can't lose this guy, you can't do this. And you can't keep gambling that you, you're gonna, What do I know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost like Alex knows a little bit more about putting together a team than I do. Me too. <laughs> All right, 755 is real. We appreciate it, everybody. Thanks. We'll see y'all again soon. Mm-hmm.